welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with 2020 hindsight. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's afraid of Arkansas fans. Oh, yeah, that's me, Ryan Newman. They scare the crap out of me. <laughs> and by the other brother, who's afraid of the dark. Still true, Trey Newman. <laughs> All right, on today's episode, we are going to go over uh, every hire from last off season. We're going to say whether we feel better, worse, or about the same after the 2020 season. We also have a bonus episode coming out uh Thursday at the latest, either Wednesday or Thursday, on YouTube, where we re-rank the best hires from last year. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash college football bros. Give us a thumbs up. Watch that. That really helps us out. We'd, we'd appreciate that. And the last thing we got to get to before we get to these 24 first-year head coaches is a quick word from our sponsor. Yes, that is correct. Our sponsor is uh, myfrontpagestory.com. Um, the bros can attest to how great of a, uh, a, a product that the myfrontpagestory.com pr- uh, produces. So essentially what they offer is, um, a service that you would, would talk to a professional writer. Okay. So, and you would, um, talk to them about maybe a significant other or a, you know, your wife, your husband, your mom, your dad, um, anybody that you want to write a nice story about. Okay. And this professional writer you talk to on the phone for about 10 to 15 minutes and they will help you kind of craft a great story about your significant other, the person that you want to write this story about. And they will write it a, a really amazing story and they'll put it on a, what looks like the front page of a newspaper. It looks just like it. And they'll put it inside of uh you know, they can hang it on their, they put it inside of like a, um, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? A frame. A frame thank you very much. They'll put it inside of a frame. <laughs> yeah. You can frame it. Thank you very much. Uh, so they can hang it up in their, in their den and their family room, wherever they would like to put it. And it's just a great memento. It's a, such a great gift, such a great idea. The person that receives it, um, it's more of a sentimental gift than anything they probably ever received from you in the past, just to be honest. Um, so it's a great gift for <laughs> anything, really, any occasion. It could be a birthday. could be an anniversary would be a great one. Um, it's just such a great creative gift um, that you can give to your, your significant other, and they would appreciate it for a lifetime and can, can always cherish it. So uh, that's my front page story. Dot com and if you use the promos code promo code bros15 you'll get uh, 15% off on, on your order um, again the bros we can't uh, recommend this product enough all right myfrontpagestory.com promo code bros15 uh, okay so let's uh, let's get to these these like i said 24 head coaching hires from from last off season and we're going to go through them uh, in order of how athlon ranked them uh, a year ago from from worst to best and we're going to tell you whether we feel better worse or about the same regarding the hire as we did a year ago so these are compared to what we thought not, not necessarily uh, athlon's rankings here but let's uh let's start with the worst ranking which we probably did agree with at yeah. athlon that this was you know clearly one of the worst hires or at least so we thought uh, what's that one trey yeah that would be carl Durrell of colorado i I feel better, uh, but like you like you laid out, only really because I was very very low on the hire. Now they started four and four and out of nowhere uh, behind Neuer at quarterback. Jerick Broussard at running back was a beast. They didn't have the toughest schedule, 
Um, and they won a few close games, but but hey, they did it. And props to them. I I was a little little wrong on on uh, Durrell, but then they they kind of showed who they really were. They got throttled by Utah and Texas. Combine that with their really poor recruiting class that we laid out in a, a, just a more recent episode. I'm just con- still kind of considering him a middle of the road hire here, but that kind of offsets my pessimism from last year. Yeah, I definitely feel better. You got to feel better. They outperformed. They were supposed to be. You know, arguably the worst team in the Pac-12, and they nearly won the South. So, um, recruiting, I can, it, it was definitely underwhelming, but you can excuse that. He got hired so late yeah. in, in the game here that, especially with COVID hitting, he was not able to, to meet, I'm sure, really hardly any prospects in person. So, uh, yeah, I, f- I feel better about Darrell. Yeah, it's hard not to feel better than dead last uh, in these rankings after you <laughs> have, you know, four and two year and you, you compete for the uh, Pac-12 South title, regardless of how the recruiting went. Um, like Trey, uh, I still don't think it's going to work out. I don't think he'll be there for the long haul, um, but at least he did a, a solid job in year one. Okay. Uh, number 23 on the list, Steve Adazio at Colorado State. I was not very high on this hire to begin with he was you know mediocre at boston college which i get is power five but he didn't even do that well uh before he got that job at temple in, in two years combined there and this year at colorado state went one and three after the season lost his quarterback patrick o'brien to transfer he went to uw uh, lost his offensive coordinator to vandy so i i guess i feel slightly worse like i, I just don't see a ton of reason for for optimism so far Yep, that's, uh, I, I can't say I disagree with you much on that one. It's not looking good there mm-hmm. for him. Uh, let's move on to the next one here. Number 22 on the list, we had uh, Jeff Trailer for University of Texas at San Antonio. Uh, I think you got to feel much better about this one. Uh, no doubt about yeah. it. Uh, they, had, they, they won, what, 7-5 and five this year? They hadn't won seven games since 2013, uh, back when uh, good old Larry Coker was the was the <laughs> coach there. Um but yeah, I mean, but if you just look back to the immediate uh, past, like last year, they were four and eight. Um, so this year, went at seven games. Um, they lost a close game to UAB. You know, otherwise they would have won their their conf- the division, uh, and they would have been playing in the conference title game. So, I mean, and they also have he recruited really well. They have the number one recruiting class coming in in the conference USA, which is remarkable for Texas San Antonio. So, um, seven wins, number one recruiting class coming in. Trailer has vaulted himself up this list here. Um, just done a fantastic job so far. No doubt. Moving on to number 21, it's Marcus Arroyo, UNLV. I'm probably feeling a little worse. Um, I wasn't necessarily overly high on him going in just because UNLV is a, is a tough gig right now, but also because I know Oregon fans didn't absolutely hate losing him last year. Uh, this year, UNLV, they went 0-6, lost every game by at least double digits, Ryan. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, wow, but so honestly, lost by 100 one time? Yeah. But honestly, I'm not like, I'm not totally writing him off. Like, I think he can turn UNLV into a good, good team, given there's some talent in the area. They have a new football complex on campus, and they play in the new Raiders stadium. So he's going in at a perfect time. So he won't have too many excuses if he, if he doesn't pan out. Yeah, yeah, he brought in a really good recruiting class. So even with the the bad, you know, on the field season, you, I, you could argue you feel better. Uh, number twenty on the list was Ryan Silverfield at Memphis. He was the offensive line coach under Mike Norvell, and they just promoted him to head coach. On the field, I think it went 
a little bit worse than expected. The, the eight and three record sure is is not bad, but they had a lot of close wins against bad teams. Their SP plus ranking was twenty seven spots lower than um, than Bill Connolly projected before the season. But there are a few ticks in in Silverfield's favor that bump it up back up to me to a about the same uh, verdict. So one of that them was that they had. Some key opt-outs, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, of course, at running back, big loss before the season. DeMonte Coxey, a few games into the season, opted out, so those definitely hurt. And the other was recruiting. They brought in uh, the 46th best class. That's better than any of Mike Norvell's classes, and that doesn't include seven Power 5 transfers. So there's reason for, for optimism, for sure. Yeah. Memphis seems to have a, a stable kind of situation going on there, regardless of who the coach is right now. So, yeah, well, no Brady White after the last ten years there. <laughs> so true. that'll hurt. That's but. true. Maybe they can get another ten-year player. Um, they, they got Grant Gannell coming in from oh, Arizona. That's true. He yeah, he'll be a full three-year guy. Um, right? Because he played. Did he play two years at Arizona? Actually, I think he did. He did, but you don't count. Yeah, yeah I didn't count this count year. Anybody, so he still so. got three available. That's right. Um, all right, let's move on to number 19 on the list. We got Sean Clark from Appalachian State. Uh, of course, he took over for Eli Drinkwitz, uh, who had a good, good year there at App State. But, um, Sean Clark was there. He was there for a few years, co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. So he's kind of new to the program. Um, it's similar to the, the Silverfield, uh, situation where it's a good program, just kind of hired within, thought they'd just try mm-hmm. to keep the old, the program going and kind of almost similar results. They, they went nine and three this year, App State did. But their three losses were against Marshall early in the year when Marshall was playing really, really well and they had a good year. Coastal, Coastal, which we know was a remarkable year, and then Louisiana. So those were their only three losses. The other games they all won. All of, even their losses were close. Um, so there was really, I would still, I would actually probably feel a little bit better than 19th on this list about Sean Clark, just the way that, hey, he, he pretty much, uh, perform to expectations. Um, maybe it's a tiny bit under, but you know, they need some close losses you can forgive. And they brought in a good recruiting class, best recruiting class in the Sun Belt coming in. So you just don't think that this, uh, Appalachian State train will, will slow down anytime soon. Yep. Moving on to probably the easiest one of the episode, Ricky Ronnie, <laughs> uh, yeah. Old Dominion. I feel the same because they didn't play last year. Um, now this isn't an easy job. To win, so it's going to be tough for him. But you know, as we as we know, he he did well as Penn State's offensive coordinator. Got the most out of guys like McSorley and Sanders. And next year, what'll be interesting to watch though is he led Penn State to one of their best rushing years in like a decade. So it'll be a focal point of the Monarchs' offense. So I'm curious to watch them in 2021. Okay, number 17 is Brady Hoke at San Diego State. Uh, round two for him there. He was of course the one that jump-started SDSU to this kind of long run of success they've had before he went off to Michigan. And uh, now he's back. They went 4-4 four and four this past season, which it doesn't sound good for San Diego State, but the teams they lost to were a combined 29-6. and six. So they were a fine team. Um, they performed about as well as expected uh, SP Plus-wise, and they've got the number one recruiting class in, in the Mountain West. So I, I actually feel a little bit better. I, I was yeah. probably... Yeah, I was probably slightly optimistic about him, before, you know, when they hired him, and yeah, a little bit, a little bit more so now. Yeah, it was a, you know, it's a little interesting going back to the well there with the same coach you, you had once had. He was a little concerning about yeah. that, but yeah, like you said, they they were pretty solid this year, and you know, given the normal year, that's probably a seven eight win team. So, 
Um, all right, moving on here. Number 16, uh, Willie Taggart uh, was, was, of course, fired from Florida State and uh, got the gig at Florida Atlantic. Um, I probably feel about the same on Willie Taggart. Um, he took over, of course, for, for uh, Lane Kiffin, who had an 11-win team at Florida Atlantic. And then uh, Willie Taggart went uh, went on to have a five and four year uh, this year, but he was he was breaking in a lot of new players. Lost their quarterback. They lost some key pieces on defense. Um, so there was there was definitely not exactly the same type of team coming back from Lane's eleven win squad. So to go five and four this year was definitely probably about expectation wise. Brings in a solid class in in the in the Sun Belt number three. So they're or I'm sorry in the Conference USA they are. Um, so they're not exactly. The, the you know maybe you would think that the Florida Atlantic has a lot of advantage in recruiting. It's solid, so I feel about the same. I'm not I'm not jumping for joy, but hey, at least Willie Tiger seems to keeping it keeping it going for for a little while. All right, number fifteen is Todd Graham of Hawaii. I'm about the same, just mainly because I was a decent fan of the hire last year. He did pretty well at ASU, all things considered, and I think Hawaii is fairly lucky to have a coach with with his resume they went five and four this year capped it off with an upset win over houston in their bowl game uh they won the games that they were supposed to siobhan cordero is going to be back next year should lead the offense again and honestly he should improve he's a bit of a dual threat uh not expecting the world but i think he can keep keep that rolovich train rolling in hawaii yep all right well, we're getting to we're getting interesting here. Number fourteen is Sam Pittman. Oh no, at Arkansas. Yeah, this was uh, this was an easy one as yeah. well. Uh, I had this, especially for us, because yeah. I had this as one of the worst hires of last off season because he was, of course, far from their first choice for the job. He wasn't really a guy that was a candidate at even minor schools um, before becoming an, an Arkansas candidate. So, yeah, wasn't high on him uh, just with the unknown there, but. He did a great job. Um, he he and the administration put together a great staff around him. He uh, went three and seven, but that's in the SEC, and they lost a couple close ones. Very easily could have been five and five. They were expected to be like one and nine, yeah. you know. So uh, definitely was a very good season, and recruiting has been solid. So that's uh, yeah, you got to be optimistic if you're an Arkansas fan. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, Can you imagine idiots last year ranking him last in the SEC. <laughs> I know. Come on. But clowns. You, the, and you brought it up though, the staff that he hired around him. I mean, I know that's part of being a good coach and he deserves credit for it, but those guys around him really improved that team. And, and you know, you look at, I'm not comparing him, but I am kind of comparing him to Ed Orgeron. Like, look at Ed Orgeron right yeah. now. He's running around scrambling, trying to find another good staff. So if he can keep the the guys that he has, there's no reason to think Arkansas can't be successful. Yeah, look at yeah, with Coach O with Joe Brady and Dave Aranda was was the the greatest coach ever. Now it's only it's only been one year since then, and uh, but you can see when you lose that that staff, it, things get harder. Yeah, let's you know. <laughs> Come the breaks a tad bit here. I mean, uh, they still went three and seven, and uh, Ed Orgeron went five and five. I know it's, uh, I know I'm, I, I listen. I'm much higher on Sam Pittman, no doubt about it. I think he did a great job this past year, um, but I don't want people to think. Well, all of a sudden, we think Arkansas is going to be leapfrogging 
LSU or anything. LSU no, 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 no. Six I, class. I, I was dead wrong. Arkansas twenty fourth and. No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying, I agree. I, we were all dead wrong. I'm admitting I was dead wrong, but I'm not saying they're gonna jump up ahead of LSU here. No, 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 it was just uh, a comparison. I am. I am. <laughs> they're gonna I die. No, they're gonna be 14 and 0 next year. Yeah, it's like, next year. you know, That's LSU's what I'm saying. probably gonna be a little bit better next year and, uh, you know, Arkansas, Arkansas would take a jump too, I'm sure, but, uh, they have a great Stop step. putting words in our mouth. Yeah, Ryan. that was not what we were trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, point, point taken. Higher on Pittman, no doubt about it. I we we've we've admitted we were uh, we've been wrong on Pittman so far. No pig doubt. suey, pig suey. Yep. All right, let's move on to the number thirteen here. We got uh, Mel Tucker uh, at Sparty and Michigan State. Of course, he was hired from uh, Colorado after one year there. And at thirteen, this is kind of middle of the road as far as hires, uh, according to Athlon here. You know, I, I, as far as me personally, I probably feel. A, maybe about the same uh, because uh, I was a little pretty low on this hire. Uh, I just didn't think it was going to, it didn't set the world on fire. I know it kind of happened kind of late in the ball game and they gave him a huge deal. And after a less than stellar year at Colorado, it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't great. No, it was fine. It was, it was fine, fine, but it wasn't good. He there was no, well. like, he didn't make the bowl game. And it was like, come on, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it was some dream hire here. No. Um, so, you know, I, I just wasn't high on it, and I just didn't necessarily think it was going to work out. Um, you know, they went 2-5 and five this year. Um, you know, they got dominated a few times where they kind of looked like this is a little rough. They had, they had some moments. They beat a couple top-ranked teams, but one ended up being Michigan, which, eh, you know, didn't end up all that great. But, uh, you know, and their recruiting isn't great. They finished 10th, you know, 43rd in the country, so that wasn't didn't go all that well. Um, their offense is still stuck in mud. Uh, so I just, you know, I, I'm still low. I probably feel about the same as I did before the year. I'm about the same, but I don't think I was as maybe as necessarily as low as Ryan. I wasn't, but like you, I wasn't jumping for joy with the hire. He's still a wild card to me. Uh, I just don't really know what his ceiling is, uh, especially following a legend in D'Antonio. That's hard in itself. And then I like his attitude. He kind of feels like a a good Sparty coach, but, but like a lot of coaches on this list, he was dealt a tough hand with recruiting. You know, you just can't, he couldn't develop relationships with any of the prospects in person prior to COVID. And, but it is a little alarming, like you said, Ryan, like 10th in the, in the big 10 in recruiting. That's, that's not ideal, but I'm, uh, I'm kind of indifferent right now. Yeah, I feel I, kind of echo Trey's sentiments I feel about the same and just because I totally of of anybody on this list I'd say him and I guess Carl Durrell I give uh really give us a year zero because he did not inherit uh a good situation after Mark D'Antonio uh, of course like I said he was one of the latest hires of the offseason um so I I just totally give him a year zero in recruiting and on the field all right, all right. moving on to Athlon's number 12 was Danny Gonzalez, New Mexico. I'm feeling better than I was last year. He improved them after the disaster that Bob Davey left him, exceeded expectations after finishing or being predicted last in the conference. They went two and five, but they lost a couple one possession games. And you also got to factor in that they didn't play a home game this year due to COVID restrictions in New Mexico. So they were on the road all year. They got he got Rocky Long to be his defensive coordinator, which we know is one of the best defensive minds in the country. So I'm, I thought uh, it was a, a solid year one for Danny Gonzalez. 
Okay, number 11 on our list, well, on Athlon's list was Eli Drinkwitz of Missouri, of course, coming from from App State. And they had a solid season, Missouri did. They went 5-5, five and five, better than expected. And I think, honestly, what gives me even more um, optimism is the fact that his recruiting class was really good. I didn't know what to expect from him there, but they ranked 29 in the country, their best class in several years. Got to feel, got to feel better about Drinkwitz. Yep, I'm feeling better than than I was. It, Mizzou's a really tough job in the SEC, and you know they they showed some flashes on the field this year. And he's a young guy that I think can elevate Missouri to program to kind of that mid level tier in the conference. Yeah, I mean they've been there before in the SEC. They've they've experienced success, so um, you know I, I think it's possible so they can get some of that that Midwestern talent that might want to you know get some getting that SEC. So yeah, I've. Eli had a great, great first year. And I was somebody that I thought has, you know, he had, a, I was pretty high on coming into this year just based off of what he had done at App State and at NC State as the LC. So he did a good job. Uh, let's move on to number 10 though here. We got, uh, Jeff Scott, uh, the, uh, head coach over at USF now, South Florida came over from Clemson, of course. And this was a tough gig, no doubt about it. But, uh, I, I've only listened to about 10. I got to feel worse. And I even, well, maybe from what I thought, boy, probably even lower than what I thought going into this year. They don't yeah, want. I thought he would. I thought he would do well. There. Yeah, I, I thought mean, they would at least could, show but. some competency this year, but they just didn't. They went one and eight. Um, you know, three less wins than they had the year prior, and, and they weren't even close in most of their games. Their only win came against FCS, the Citadel, where they only put up twenty-seven against them. So they just, you know, they have a decent recruiting class. I'll give them that. They finished fifth uh, in the AAC, which. You know, it's uh, good enough. I and mean, when we're talking about a team that's one and eight, if you finish yeah. top half of your your league in recruiting, you would think you would at least be able to improve um, on the field at some point. But uh, just not a whole lot of positive things you can say other than that. So, yeah, definitely feel worse about Jeff Scott uh, up at this point. Matt Grothy isn't walking through that door. Yeah, unfortunately. Maybe <laughs> as the uh, coach. Is he coaching? He should be I coaching. He seems like a perfect coach. All right. Number nine on Athlon's list was Kalen DeBoer of Fresno State. Uh, I'm feeling a little worse at the moment, but he wasn't dealt the greatest hand this year. Uh, because of COVID and schedule changes, they only got to play two home games, actually. Uh, and they did have to play shorthanded at times, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But I still wanted a little bit more this year on the field. They went 3-3. Three and three. The offense really was an issue, and that's his calling card. Uh, Hayner and, and Ronnie Rivers at running, they were they were good. Just needs to get the defense shored up. Um, his background does show he can still turn around. He's been with good teams, uh, you know, particularly recently with Tedford at Fresno and Indiana Tom Allen. So I'm not writing him off, but I just I want to see a little bit more next year. I'm still I'm still fully on the Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, I like him. I do. I, I think he'll do well. Him. Hayner's coming back, right? And they got they got some uh, they got some players. I think they'll be all right next year. All right, number eight was Jeff Halfley from Boston College, and I probably didn't have him uh, as high as as Athlon did, so I definitely feel better. Uh, BC went six and five, and Halfley, by the way, uh, came in from Ohio State. He was their defensive coordinator. Um, but yeah, Boston College went six and five, competitive in almost every game. That was definitely better than people expected. And recruiting went extremely well. They finished 36th, which is their best class in a long time. Um, so, yeah, feeling good. I'm feeling much better, too. I mean, he instantly made an impact. Like, you watch their games, and they were noticeably improved. 
Uh, and then, I mean, they had a close loss to number 12, North Carolina. They nearly shocked number one Clemson on the road. I know Lawrence was out, but mm-hmm. I mean, and then traditionally you think of their defense at BC, like their offense should be a, a, a strength at least more than normal next year. So I like what he did in year one. Yeah, I agree. It was a solid year one. I don't, maybe don't, I'm not quite as impressed as you guys are. I mean, he's went about 500, which is what Stevie Dazio did for six years there or whatever at BC. So I'm going to yeah. need to see some jump here. Uh, in year two to make me really jump on board. Um, and I'm not sure. I don't think 36 recruiting class is going to jump for joy for me here. It's, it's better than a Dazio. Yeah, well, yeah. Know, maybe it's a little bit better, but not a, yeah, not a huge jump. And as far as if you want to get to the, the top third ish or something of the ACC, which, cause they've been middle of the pack slightly, maybe a tiny bit above and the ACC. So I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of waiting on C on Jeff Halfley here. That year it was okay. solid. I'm not going to say it was bad. It was solid. You know, but Hater. there's no way this is like a sure thing. Sorry, just just pulling in Dracovic as a transfer was that big was nice too because they were they were they had nothing at quarterback. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was huge. That, that made the good. team. They wouldn't have won more than a few games without him. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on though. Number seven uh, on Athlon's list was Dave Aranda. Uh, of course, he came in from LSU as D coordinator there. Um, we were all relatively confident on this one. We liked Dave Aranda. We thought he was a good fit. Um, and, but coming into the year, we knew that this was going to be kind of a hiccup year for Baylor just because they lost so much defensively and that was kind of their calling card. So we knew he wasn't going to replicate what they did the year prior. Of course, they had such a magical year. Um, I would probably say maybe I'm a tad lower uh, on what I thought. I thought he would maybe be, make them a little bit better this year. Um, you know, they, but I, again, just because of, you know, how much they lost, it's not that huge deal. And they had Charlie Brewer coming back, but we all, we, you know, Brewers was just kind of a solid QB, wasn't everything, anything great. And now he's transferring. But, um, so again, they, they went two and seven. They lost a few close games. Could have been a little bit better. Four and five, five and four. The recruiting was fine. They did get a, a four star dual threat QB from Texas. So kind of a little bit of a future there, but, uh, I still think Dave Aranda can produce a solid group down there in Waco, but, so maybe maybe just slightly lower uh, than I was last year on on, on uh, Aranda. I feel much worse than you. I think uh, Chip and JoJo probably feel worse too with their Baylor connection. I was <laughs> I was expecting a drop off from their historic year with Rule the year before, but this was a big one. Like you did mention, they had some close games. They went two and seven with one of their wins only being to Kansas. And then the other thing I didn't like was Larry Fedora was let go as the offensive coordinator this offseason. They had one of the worst offenses. Um, and Charlie Brewer transferred away. I know he wasn't, you know, Joe Montana or anything. So now all of a sudden they, they're restarting on offense and they need an overhaul there. Yeah, I, I feel, I think, slightly worse. And I wasn't super high to, to begin with. So we'll see. Yeah, It's enough. a tough act to follow after Matt Yeah, Roll. exactly. Yeah. Right, and you didn't, Ryan, you didn't boost them with the prediction this year, so. Well, I kind of had a feeling they'd stink, so. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Did you even end up going with, uh, like, what, who's your Baylor of this year? I didn't, I, did. I just didn't have a confident pick. I was thinking about West Virginia this year, but I never went with, uh, uh-huh. I never right. went with somebody that I had. A, you can yeah, save it for 2021. It. Recapture the I magic. I think maybe I will. Yeah, this year was so weird. It was just a hiccup, you know. It next was. year, next year I'll make a, a, a prediction like Baylor. I'll go all in. I uh, think Trey and I, Want us, we were, I swear we were asked this in a mailbag or something. I think Trey and I might have said Louisville or something. Possibly. <laughs> uh, we bit hard. Work out. That's true. It was. Somebody did mention, ask us a question like that, right? 
Yeah. Who probably. would be this year's yeah, or nah. Baylor? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Number six, Greg Schiano, Rutgers. I feel better. I was already optimistic on the hire, but you have to like what he did in year one. Uh, you know, Rutgers in the Big Ten now is a different animal than the old Big East when, uh, when Shiano was there, but he's still the right guy for the job. Pulled out three wins this year, which we didn't expect. And if you watch them play, that you could tell they Miracle. were, they were better. Yeah. They had, they also had a crushing <laughs> three overtime loss to Michigan. They had the 41st ranked recruiting class, which was their best in years. I mean, they still have a long ways to go to be even more relevant in the Big Ten, but I thought it was a great year one. I agree with everything you said, except I feel about the same because I was already very high to begin with. That's fair. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I'm probably higher than I was because I wasn't as high as Michael or even probably Trey. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. I thought he'd make them better, but uh, this was this was probably a step up than even I thought. So good recruiting, good on the field. They're competitive. Um, we'll see. Well, story's still out, but no doubt it's, it's encouraging for, for Rutgers fans. Number five on the list was Jimmy Lake at UW. And this is probably not fair because my expectations for him were sky high. I, I feel, I feel worse for some reason, a little bit worse because it's not because of what they did on the field. They went three and one. That was fine. Short season. Uh, but I guess I just haven't been blown away by the coordinator hires. I'm, I'm still skeptical of, of John Donovan at offensive coordinator. And I think the bigger thing is I expected Jimmy Lake. One of the biggest reasons I liked him was I thought he was going to take recruiting to another level immediately. And their class this offseason, it, it was class. a smaller class, so I'm not looking at the overall ranking. Just looking at like the, the per-player average rating, it was... I think roughly the same, maybe even slightly lower than than their average over the last few years. Yeah. So that uh, that kind of surprised me. I thought he would make a big impact there. Maybe he still will, but not not in year one. Yeah, I'm I'm probably the same, uh, but like you, I was high on the hire. Uh, it's just too tough to gauge for me this kind of weird year, uh, and and I do want to give him the benefit of hopefully a normal recruiting cycle this upcoming year. I mean, they did get some transfers just mm-hmm. this week. They got a edge rusher from A&M that might, could potentially pan out. We'll see. I mean, he's got a lot coming back to the 2021 team. And so he's not going to have many excuses to not be good next year. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Connolly just came out with his uh, SP plus rankings today. And I think he had uh, Washington 11th or yeah, so. I knew so they had yeah, top 15. They're good. be really good next 12. year. Or it was Oregon. Are they Oregon was higher. Oregon was, I don't know, fifth or sixth or something. Okay. Ooh, wow. Yeah, um, pretty high. I'd probably say I'm about the same on Jimmy Lake as well because I was high on him before the year, and there nothing changed my mind really. Three and one, decent recruiting. You know, uh, nothing really changed much in the eyes. It was they played four games. Give me a break. Yeah, that's fair. That's, so that's you fair. know, um, all right. Let's move on to number four here. Though we have uh, Mike Leach. Uh, of course, he was hired from. Uh, Washington's rival, uh, Wazoo to uh, Mississippi State, uh, as we know. Um, and, I, you know, this was, you know, number four here on this list out of 24. Um, and, and going in, I was felt pretty good about it just because of what he had done, you know, in two tough situations in, in Lubbock and in Pullman, like very tough situations. So I, I was pretty high on it. So maybe I'm a touch lower than I was, but not much. Um, you know, they went four and seven this year. They had three losses coming by one score less. Well, can't be less than one score. <laughs> They'd be a win. Um, but you know, we got they, ourselves a new phrase. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> there we go. Uh, but you know, if they had a few cupcakes in, in, on the schedule, that all of a sudden could have turned into a, like a, you know, six win, seven win type team. And all of a sudden they would have been looked at as, Hey, that's a pretty decent year in year one. Um, so I'm not kind of overreacting to a, a four and seven year. Um, they finished 25th in the recruiting rankings, which we know Leach wasn't going to bring in like top 15, top 10 classes. That's just not, you know, what he recruits to and not how he does it. Um, but they did bring in a highly, highly rated four star QB from Texas to kind of lead that, that air raid attack. So I feel a touch lower just because, okay, maybe he could have done a little bit better on the field in year one, but you know, I'm certainly not panicking at all if I'm in Starkville. Michael, did you have anything to add on that? Well, I was just going to say about the quarterback situation. They got a lot of transfers too. They really like recycled yeah. that quarterback room. Um, it's yeah. pretty crazy to go, go look at their 24 seven sports transfer page. I, they've, they've got some names you recognize. I think they got, uh, Jack Abraham from Southern Miss to transfer there. Is that right? And, um, Chance Lovertich from North Texas. Uh, yeah, just a lot of recognizable names. And they'll have a, They'll have some options, no doubt about it, next year. And by the way, I'm not super Will confident Rogers. that that's where Lover Titch is from, but I think. Yeah, Will Rodgers, he, he finished the year decent. I'm I'm the same. I, I kind of liked the hire. Um, and it was just really funny, though, in general, to watch the media, how they covered him this year, because they really oversold their, their week one win when they went into LSU and won. And, you know, they were saying the Pirate is unlike anything the SEC has seen. But then, like, a few weeks later, they pretty much completely wrote him off saying his style and coaching won't work in the SEC after some losses. So it's just, it was kind of funny to see both sides of it. Uh, you know, Mississippi State is to the SEC what Texas Tech is to the Big 12, Wazoo is to the Pac 12. And I w- maybe a little concerned with some of those players leaving, coming, and going, but they showed life at the end. They won the bowl game. I still think he can succeed in Starkville. Yeah, I feel, I feel about the same. I feel like that's how most people should feel because year one, his offense was, it was likely going to take some time to get it installed, especially in a COVID year to, to install that brand new offense. They just didn't have the personnel, especially at receiver to run it. So, um, I, I, I wasn't, I think probably as high as, as some people were about the hire, but, uh, I kind of remain where I am. Yep. All right. Moving on to number three, Nick Rolovich, Washington State. I'm surprised he was this high on, on Athlon's list looking back, but I was, I was high on the Rolovich hire. Um, so I'm feeling about the same. They really dealt with COVID issues, had some opt outs. They could only play four games. They also did that with a freshman quarterback, Delora, that showed some promise and they were one and three, but the losses were to the class of the Pac 12, Oregon, USC and Utah. I still think his style should blend in well in Pullman, especially after Leach. Um, their offense should be strong again next year with Borgie coming back. I I still am okay with the hire. Yeah, he had some kind of weird headlines in the offseason. Uh, yes. with I think there was some disagreements with one of his players, but I still feel confident in him. I, I liked the hire to begin with and don't see much reason to, to shift from that. He just needs more time. Yeah, I maybe feel a touch lower just because we were, I was pretty high on him coming in. Um, and like Michael yeah. said, with some of the disagreements with the players, that already puts you in a little bit of a behind the eight ball a little, little bit. Um, uh, and then it just necessarily didn't produce some wins, but yeah, I, I still feel like he can have some success there. No doubt about it. All right. Number two on the list, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. And, uh, they went five and five. They, they competed in, in their losses, especially against Alabama and Florida. That, that, those were impressive losses. 
Uh, their offense was ridiculously good, except for like two games where, where Corral <laughs> threw, you know, combined 11 <laughs> 20 picks and two yeah. of them. But other than that, they were amazing. And even one of those games, they almost won, I want to say, against Arkansas. Uh, so, so yeah, I, that, that was good on the field. They had a top 20 recruiting class off the field, which was one of the best, if not the best of any first year head coach. I'd have to look through this list to see if that's, uh, if that's right. Anyway, um, but, uh, but yeah, but I'm, I don't feel better because I already, I would have had Kiffin probably number one on my list last year and he, he stays there. I, and I was a huge fan of the hire. Uh, so I actually do still though feel a little bit better just because I was a little curious to see how year one would pan out. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, but, uh, you know, all or nothing with, with Kiffin, but his offense should just be awesome there. Um, just shore up the D a little bit. You know, I just, there seems to be a lot more buzz around the program than when he got there. So I like, I like that after the first year. I'm, I'm a little bit higher. Yep. Yep. I'm, well, I was, we were pretty high on it already to begin with, but I think I'm probably even a little higher just off, based off the success. And the recruiting was great. Michael, you mentioned, what would you say? The first, the highest ranked off of the first year guys? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I believe that's true, unless you want to count uh, Sarkeesian or uh, Josh Heupel, who finished uh, Texas and Tennessee, finished just above. No, that's a, dif- that's well, a well, difference. That's, that's uh, this no, year. That doesn't count. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, he, uh, he would be the higher, unless I just missed somebody. But, no, he he's, he would be the highest. So, um, And you would think, I would think, like how we mentioned before, I think he would be, he'll do even better uh, the following year. Um, so, yeah, yeah very, I very agree. good year one for, for Lane Kiffin here. But uh, let's move on to our number one. Well, Athlon's number one. I don't think this was our number one. No. He definitely uh, wouldn't have been. Number one, no. <laughs> right? I was going to say, I hope not. Bad call if it was. I mean, I don't think uh, it's laughable, but. No, but no. It okay, fair enough. But wasn't our, well, it is now. But, uh, yeah. Mike Norvell, uh, Florida State. Of course, you came from Memphis previously. I mean, there's just no, I think we were, felt okay about the hire, uh, last year. You know, we didn't feel like horrible. Trey, I think maybe Trey felt pretty solid about it. I maybe. Or at least maybe I just thought with the returning talent. on Florida State. Yeah, not necessarily yeah. the higher, but Florida State. Yep. Fair. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I just, you have to feel lower in pretty much every way possible. First off, you just, right out of the gate, he kind of lost faith in a lot of his players, kind of lying about some comments about the whole George Floyd situation. So he just lost a lot of faith in some players there right away. Right away. Um, didn't start off well there. And then, of course, they go... They only win three games, um, and they were expected to be pretty good. They were expected to have, like, seven wins this year. I know they Yeah, their over-under was seven. I think yeah. we forget that quickly. Now, maybe that was expecting too much, uh, yeah. but still. They had, like, 18 or something returning starters. Like, they had plenty mm-hmm. of talent and retu- returning production coming back. Um, and it just was awful. Um, they finished 22nd in recruiting this coming year, uh, 21 recruiting class, which, by FSU standards, it's just not good. I mean, it is, it's not, I will say they, they're bringing in a ton of transfers, uh, some quality transfers. So that kind of buoys it a little bit. And again, like we say, this, that's, I don't know. I mean, for Florida State, I guess it is not necessarily up to their standard, but it's been a rough couple years. So yeah, I know. But if, I mean, again, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, uh, counting on uh, transfers at Florida State, that's, that's just not the way to go. I mean, you need to be producing top 15, top 10 classes. Uh, to get to where Florida State expects to be. Um, 22nd with a coach that a lot of good people may not have faith in. That's not the way to do it. And, uh, they, you know, in recruiting, they finished behind teams like, you know, 
Maryland, Nebraska, and North Carolina. I mean, that just that's not going to work at FSU. So yeah, I'm obviously everybody's feeling lower about Norvell. Yeah, yeah, I'm lower. Um, even though, like you said, I wasn't super high on him to begin with. I mean, I thought I thought it was a hire that made sense. It was like, okay, sure, that's that's fine, yeah. and we'll see. I mean, Manny Diaz's first year obviously was was not good, and we, yeah. we were wondering if he was going to get the Taggart treatment uh, in year two, and then ended up having a great year under a uh, transfer from um, from the AAC. And now we will see if if uh, Norvell can do the same thing. He's got a transfer from UCF, uh, Mackenzie Milton, who potentially could uh, lead them Hope to a good So we'll see. But, um, but yeah, lower for sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely lower. I was high-ish on him, but I was more – I bit more hard on uh, on uh, FSU as a team this year. I just – I that, that didn't pan out. But I do kind of – if I am going to make an excuse for him, you know, he's came into what is – kind of you could consider a fractured team the way it ended with Jimbo and then the Taggart debacle coordinators coming and going you know I'm not necessarily optimistic that 2021 will be much better if he can but if but if he can somehow weather this storm this year and show a little bit of life I think there's still reason for hope all right uh I'm gonna throw a question at you guys that uh I did not prepare you for and I didn't prepare myself for so we'll just see how it goes but uh what would you now say is the worst hire? Um, and again, I think with all these guys, it's only been one year. I'm not willing to definitively declare anyone a, a victory or a failure. Like not even um, not even uh, Sam Pittman, who had a, had a you know great first year in, in every aspect. But you just it's one year. You never know. So, but uh, who is the worst uh, hire right now? As I scroll through the list, Steve Adazio. Oh, what's that? Clay Helton. Wow. Okay, well that's rude. oh I'm and oh I'm I'm sorry off you know? topic. Oh. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a good question. Um, oof, man, yeah, because some of the bottom guys really panned out. Like twenty four at Carl Durrell, he was like the worst, and he ended up having you know a solid year. We feel better. Adazio, mm-hmm. maybe you know Adazio, we don't really don't feel good about, but he uh, yeah. was you know he was already so low. Trailer had a great first year. That's a good question. Ricky Ronnie didn't even play. Hmm. I to, I would probably go. I mean, I wasn't the super highest on him in, to begin with, but I, I would go Mel Tucker. Really, I'm I feel low like that's on harsh, him. but that's I, I mean, well, who's your guy? Well, I guess that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a reasonable answer. I guess I would go Steve Adazio. And again, it's not like I'm like I think Adazio is definitely going to suck, but I have to say someone yeah. here, and I guess it's. I know not. exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it's possible Mel Tucker could still have a good tenure at Sparty, but I'm, I'm, I don't see it. I mean, yeah, Carl Durrell might not light the world on fire, but honestly, like, I know he's a big name and maybe I'm just dead wrong, but like Dave Aranda, like that's a, yeah. Baylor is now yeah. a tough gig to win again. Again, like, I don't yeah. know. It might not necessarily be him, but I just think it's a hard place to win right now. Right. That's fair. Yeah. That's a fair point. I mean, we could go to number one on the, on, uh, Alphabon's list, Mike Norvell. I mean, it's yeah, hard to imagine a worse first year than he had, and you know, well, he's already we always at talk about we always talk about the guy that follows the guy. Like Norvell followed Fuente, and it's like you try and you try yeah. and catch you that try Memphis, and strike yeah. gold, and but I mean, he he did he still did well at Memphis, so it wasn't like and and now he's again the guy that followed the guy following Willie Taggart. Yeah. How do you look <laughs> <up to> that? <laughs> All right, right. Oh. Just, you know, it's just hard to imagine a worse first year, and he's already looked at negatively 
by the, the all the fans. Like I don't know. I've you know I got a couple of close friends that are FSU guys, and they already just do not. They're not on the the Norvell bandwagon at all. So hmm. it's just it's hard to overcome that. You have close friends that are FSU fans. Wow. I do. You, one one lives in Dallas, Texas, right now. Where, actually, where did this come from? How, how have we not heard about this? Friends? Yeah, yeah my you know, Dallas, uh, Florida uh, State guys. All right. Well, it's a guy. It's a friend of my wife's. I got it's it. My I wife's friend's it. husband. You met him, Matt. From he, he came to my wedding. You met him. Oh, oh we don't need of course, to get... I remember Matt. Yeah, you remember Matt? Oh come yeah, on. the guy's from Boston. Right? He's from Boston. <laughs> he talks like this, oh, yeah. man. He was doing the tomahawk uh, chop all day. How could I forget that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That guy. When I was oh. saying I do, he was going oh. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. Uh, again, I know I'm being annoying with this, but we're. Uh, we're we're trying to push just as hard on YouTube as we do with this podcast. You know, we put a lot of work into the to the audio podcast. We're trying to do the same on YouTube, trying to grow there. So we'd really appreciate it if you subscribed, if you gave a thumbs up and and watched our videos there. Like I said, either today or tomorrow, uh, we'll have a, it'll be you know short ten fifteen minute video for for you guys to watch. So uh, check that out, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast. Email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.